My name is Keisha Norris, and I'm the Academic Advisor for the College of Engineering and Computing at Miami University, and this is my Miami Hello. I learned what a Miami Hello was in a class I observed once. It is when a student says their name, year, and major, and maybe one special thing about themselves, like a trip they went on, research they were involved in, or why they love or chose to attend Miami. My podcast is an extension of the Miami Hello, and that I want to talk to students about their experiences here at Miami, but do a deeper dive into the details of who they are, why they selected Miami, why they picked their major, what their future plans are, other important facts or interesting things about them. So with that being said, my second Miami hello, because I'm so happy that the first one is completed and out there now, is of course another one of my favorite students. It's Joe. Hey. Joe, I'm so happy that you are here. So first, of course, you have to start with your Miami hello. So again, it's just your name, your major, um, and why you chose to attend Miami, the good version. The good version. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Joseph Odiombo. I'm stats major here, freshman. And I chose to attend Miami just due to, like, the, well, first, the connections and opportunities Miami has. And basically, anything, like, I know, like, some people who already went here. And they pretty much liked what they saw, even if there was a small, let's say, black congregation here. But there was still a strong community, which attracted me. So it didn't bother you how small the congregation was? I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. You know, like, when I first joined on the campus, I joined pretty much every black organization, whether it's National Association of Black Accountants, National Society of Black Engineers, even international students. You joined the accountants group? I left. But, like, (laughs) it was... At first when I came, I, I would say it was a little bit daunting. Yeah. you know, it's not, you don't understand what it means to be, like, the minority of the minority until you're, like, you're even in, like, a smaller, mo- more focused group. Because people, when they see you, they're like, that's, like, one of the only few black people I see on campus. And they right. just stare at you. Mm-hmm. And it's, like. But that's not how you grew up? Like, where are you from? I mean, I'm from Africa. So it's, like, and then when of I moved to not. Virginia. Yeah. Um, Where'd you live in Virginia? It was Lebanon, so it's only, like. A town with a population of twelve thousand people. Oh, okay. So it was like in the middle of nowhere in the yeah. country. Like Walmart was like thirty minutes away, and so it's mm. like whenever we bought, it was in bulk. There was hunting. I had a bow and arrow. I was like, you hunted with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Like you shot like what like deer. Yeah. So when it was deer season, because like there's no really like regulations on like you know in Ohio there's regulations in like season when you can hunt. There it's just like you got a gun, you got a bow, you got a crossbow. Just whatever you want to do. There's not do like it. a. It's not like a season or whatever. So you guys. I mean, there's get seasons like a of holiday. course where like people are are hunting more. You yeah. know, Just due to like weather or patterns or like migration. The thing is, just like there's a lot less. Like there's a game warden and everything, but there's just a lot less rules. If it's your land, you can do whatever you want on your. Yeah, land. that's true. That's kind of like here. But at my school, we they got a holiday. Like if there was deer season started and the first day of deer season was a holiday yeah so student like so you didn't have to come to school i mean the assumption is that you're hunting a lot of us who didn't hunt still didn't go to school but still like um i didn't know that that was rare or not rare until i got other places and was like oh wait like y'all don't get the first day off like (laughs) you don't get the first day of the season off our um our gym class was teaching students how to like hold guns how to shoot how to skin like the first one was like how to skin a squirrel. That like, was Jim. That was Jim. This okay, kid threw no. up, and I was like, and the thing is like Lebanon. Honestly, I know it sounds crazy, even though like I was only 
three black people I knew there. Yeah. Um, it was ironic because like it was one of the most accepting communities I've been in. Really. Even though I really didn't have, or let's say I just disagreed with a lot of topics. I feel like it's hmm. one of the only places where a lot of people were even able to push aside their belief system and yeah. that they realize the other person can be a person. That's like, really interesting. So. If Lebanon was most of one of the most accepting, what was the most non-accepting? What was the most non-accepting? Or are you currently here? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I'd say the most non-accepting was... That's actually a good question. See? I'm good at this. I'm good at this. <laughs> I think it was, like, when I first came over to America and I went to my first public school. And this is when I still, like, even now to this day... So what state was it in? This was in Ohio. It was in Ohio? Yeah, it was in Soviet. Where's that? Is it in southeast Ohio? Yeah. Well, it's down Cincinnati. It's a sub- well, Oh, okay, suburb. southwest. Uh, yeah. Okay. So... So that was... But that was, like... Was that because you were in, like... Were you in middle school? Right. I know at first, but it was just... I didn't, like... Right now, I lost my accent completely, and, like, my English is somewhat improved, I would say. But it's just, like... Yeah. Even though... <laughs> like I felt like I was of like American. Yeah. That was the first time I realized that people didn't see me as that. that oh, okay. So okay, so I have and I have a whole theory about that cuz I think like when um and we have had political conversations in the past which mm-hmm. um but so I think when people would say um like is Barack Obama really black and like cuz he's part uh white and all this other stuff. I think I would ha- I remember having the conversation with my niece and my nephew about it's not that Barack Obama like there's not a moment where he said yes I'm black now like right. yes I yes I was raised by this white mother and I have I was raised by white grandparents but today right. I'm going to I'm going to be the blackberry I'm going to be the black Barack Obama those aren't moments that we recognize because we don't teach our children like how to be accepting or or that's really why it's important to understand that you celebrate the difference right so you don't make the person feel like oh like this is it's a wrong like yeah i'm not the same but it's wrong but i always wonder when those moments happen for other people Mm -hmm. because for me it happened when i was like five five yeah Yeah, it happened pretty young it's just like there's different reactions because like i know like one thing you see a lot of people which are who are foreign who travel in it's either they're like love their culture like everything about it and they're trying to teach as many people about it or they denounce it and i think that's the the sad thing because they don't the reason why they like they they forget my culture or whatever is not because like assimilation or any other things it's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to be not associated with you it's it's people just don't like being outliers and even when you're being made fun of or anything like that that's true it's just like if you can just to negate all the possibilities of that happening you'd rather do that than stand out and be different because some people just don't like that type of spotlight or pressure right well because i think in some ways like standing out or being it feels lonely Mm -hmm. like you think like you're out on this limb all by yourself and no one is out there with you and i think um which really is a misconception though right because we're none of us are the same in that we are not or we are never at some point on that limb by ourselves, yeah. right? But I think it's a, um, it's interesting because especially as an advisor, so I see students every day, right? And they'll come in 
and really, when it boils down, it's probably about the same five problems. Mm -hmm. It just masquerades itself in, in different things, right? But I'm not allowed to tell you or any of my other students, the kid who's just in here had the same issue. Exactly. And really, you're not by yourself, and right. you're not alone, and da, da 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 But I have to go through this whole thing of, well, why do you feel this way, and how can we fix it, or what are the things that you think that we can do to change, and da 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 And it's really, all I really want to say is, like, go chase the kid down who was just in here, or go, but you have to talk to them. Yeah. You have to engage with them to say, like, it feels like I'm out here all by myself. And so, and then also they have to say, instead of like, oh man, that's tough. Yeah, I know, because I felt like I was out here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to willing, willing and kind of um, open to sharing that experience. And sometimes, again, I think that's maybe more what we should teach in elementary school yeah. than like basic math. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I like basic math. I think that's pretty important. <laughs> I knew you'd say that before I said it. But I think people, like when I was saying earlier, the thing is, like, I feel like the way this, like, society's been developing is, like, people, even when they see somebody who, like, who's like them, they just don't want to take the first step to be the one who reaches out. Yeah, because it's scary, right? Because <laughs> you like, might get rejected. Right, and I feel like the feeling of rejection is, like, something that people just need to understand and just like if you don't understand what it means to fail uh your success won't even be as sweet but isn't failure different than rejection like I, like if i reject you as a person yeah. you didn't fail or 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 maybe i failed you more right instead of the other way around but i it i don't know i guess i think of it different because i think like in terms of like learning something right like you it's like in terms of studies right you didn't learn enough or the equivalent to to get past 50%, so therefore you failed. But rejection, and especially rejection from a person, like, I to me that's deeper. That's way deeper than, oh, you got an F. I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's because I moved around. It's like, the first thing I found out was like, not everybody's going to like you. Like, and I feel like that's mm. something everybody says. But the thing is like, you don't understand that not everyone's going to like you until you meet people who just truly don't like you on the basis of you being you. and. Because yeah, but nobody articulates that, right? Like, most people are just like, like, no one says, like, you know, like, we've spent these 10 days together, and I haven't liked a single one of them. So it's it's all it's all you. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Most people just be like, no, nah, I don't like you because you black. Or no, nah, I don't like you because you fat. Mm -hmm. No, nah, I don't like you because you a girl. Like, that's, like, it's not, you don't even know me yet. Like, and what you mean you don't like me? I like me. So, like... And that's the other thing, too. People don't see their own flaws in themselves. So it's a lot of times, like, again, what you mean you don't like me? Like, this is, like, I must be the greatest thing ever because, I mean, I'm here. No? I agree. Because <laughs> the thing saying. is, like, I don't think I've, I've ever been, like, I've met a person once I just don't like unless, you know, they've just been morally corrupt or something like that. Right. But I think the, just because there's so many people and you always have the option of who your friend group is going to be. At yeah. the same time, we also tell people don't entertain people who you don't want to. And so it's like, I always feel like, it's just we don't, you don't say it properly. That's the moment of the problem. I think that's true, but I think like sometimes, like, like I grew up in a small town. Yeah. So it was either these people or no one. Yeah. Like, so you had to do, so you had, it was literally like follow the leader. And even still, like, you hate the leader. Yeah. But you, you want the group affiliation more than, you know, than you do this kind of righteous 
you're a morally corrupt person and I have to leave this group. And then that's what they say to you. Okay, well then go ahead. Go out on that limb by yourself and be by yourself. Yeah. You gonna come back. So yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think in certain circumstances, I think sometimes, like, I don't want to say that you don't have a choice to choose your friend group, but, like, I don't know. I think sometimes it's a harder choice to make, especially if you're small town in it out here. I, I mean, like, I think the pressure of people wanting to be in a friend group or finding someone who they click with is, of course, high. And, like, you even see it, like, in fraternities or sororities with hate. Mm. Like, you're telling a person literally do the worst you can to me just for all, I can be accepted in your group. Then I have to pay you, like, five to $10,000 a year on top of that <laughs> paying for, like, all these other events. Like, there's nothing wrong with frats or, or sororities who right. are prioritized, like, friendship or like development or whatever in any aspect yeah but like i, I don't want to like i'm not gonna call it any names but there's obvious ones where it's like there's no direct benefit of whatever they're doing or whatever uh but like they still people want to congregate and be in a friend group so bad that they're yeah. willing to go through all those steps well i think accepted. but i think that's where that comes from though i think it comes from that middle school because mm-hmm. i especially i think in college too like it's, I, have to, I have to tell myself to stop like thinking as my students as children, but some things that they remind me of remind me of my eighth grade year in middle school, yeah. and they remind me of my niece and my nephew who, I mean, my nephew is 17, but still, that's, it's not grown because there are so many things that are just so childish about it, but I, and it stems from like kindergarten. It stems from first grade, like, I want to be in your friend group. I want you to say that I'm your friend so bad that yes, do whatever to me, but as long as the end result is that, and it still carries on to the point of, now we are requesting $5,000 from you just to be able to be in the friend group. And people are still like, yeah, like that's a need. And I think it goes back to, because we confirm that need when we are in kindergarten, we confirm that. Like I tell my kids all the time, like my niece and my nephew, I refer to them as my kids. Like high school is just a failed social experiment. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like you, it's not some great inputting of knowledge that we're giving you, especially in public high schools. God bless them. I mean, I'm, in some private schools, maybe they're not great either. I don't know. I only went to public, but that's what I mean. It's like it's a failed social experiment. It's saying. Which clique do you get in? Who's the prettiest girl? Who gets to be the prom king? Who throws the ball the furthest? Those are all the people that we praise and that we give all the accolades to and that we set up to be successful in their mind so then they can be arrogant, they can be morally corrupt. It doesn't always help you in the end. Right, yeah. yeah. And because we're really not teaching them, like, how, how to be better. We're not teaching that and then we go to college and say like you're the future be the best and brightest <laughs> come to Miami University yeah <laughs> I agree my thing is this I think my high school experience was a lot different than others because I think the one thing why I was able to experience so much is my parents really didn't put reins on what I could do and not what I couldn't do they would of course tell me like the opinion of what I was doing yeah or they tell me I was wrong you know and yeah. like and I always heed it to, like, whatever my parents' opinions were because, like, it's just coming from an, another place and a better perspective than right. what I had. And I think I I went through so many, like, social groups of, like, what I thought I was. I thought I was hard at one time. I was sagging my pants. Like, I don't even look like that type of dude. I was wearing camo pants. I would kill to see bags. a picture of that. 
And it's just like, and I remember like the people who I was hanging out with, like they weren't up to like a nice way. They weren't up to any good. Like, and, and I never even realized that that wasn't me because I had nothing else to compare it to. Because the problem mm. with high school is you're just jumping straight into it. First group that accepts you, that's the one you're just clicking that's to. True. And like I was fortunate enough to have like other friends because I did like stuff which wasn't like unique to that group. Like I did debate and I was at the programming club and like they're like I don't know about that. And then <laughs> I was just like I really find this type of stuff interesting. Right. And I was able to meet like some of my closest friends, those that like I'm still good like in touch with like and I talk to and I visit all these. That times. were in the original group high, that weren't no, up no, to no good. In the original group, uh, like there, I switched out from that group and I just made a closer group of friends. But I I wouldn't say I stayed as like in touch with them. The group which I stayed, like, really in touch with is, like, the people who I met junior and senior year. Yeah. And those are the dudes who are, like, into programming and into mm-hmm. math and mm-hmm. want to be doctors and stuff or quants or whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, I was able to experience all these other groups, right? And I was like, not me, not me, not me, not yeah. me. And the yeah. one final group, like, everybody says you can't find something that you like. And I found this dude who likes hip-hop, like, hip-hop, likes, like, algorithms likes biology, chemistry, and all mm-hmm. these other things, which are, like, you would think was just really unique to a person, mm-hmm. I found, like, a whole group of friends which are into that. Or people who are accepting and want to learn more about that. Right. And I think that's the problem. Because you don't experience that in high school. Most people experience right. that in college. in college. That's right. And college is, I don't want to, I mean, like, if you're paying, like, 20000 30000 how much you're ever paying for college, right. that's not the time. Like, this is the time where you're supposed to open your book, and you already, the friend groups are already, I, I feel like they're not hard to find in college. It's like there's so many established clubs and stuff like that. You should already know where you fit in because you're trying to find where you fit in and how you fit in in college and not focusing on your future because that's all college is about, a pre-plan for your future. I, I feel like that misses the point. I think that you're just maybe ahead of most of us. Like, I mean, congratulations to you <laughs> that you figured that out in high school. But I think, and I because I, again, it's so interesting to talk to you because I feel like we have we have like re like such not different perspectives like but in my cuz in my high school there was no option for any other friend group. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were Christian, you were not or you were in the middle, which really meant like you just did bad things on the weekends. Well no, you were good on the weekends, but you did bad things during the week. Like there was no other like programming like we just got robotics. Like, you, you you, didn't, there's not, there wasn't as much kind of branching out for you to be able to do. So when I got to college and people asked me, instead of telling me what to think and what was correct, and they asked me, Keisha, what do you think? Or imagine this, this far outreaching concept. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is something that I can, this is really what I have been wanting the whole entire time. Yeah. Like, I can make this. And I think, Again, and I'm from a small town and da 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 da. So I think kids in Cincinnati or in Cleveland or in other major cities who have more options, like that's the whole point, right? That's an urban area, more people, more options, da da da. So I get that, but I think, um, yeah, you're just, yes, be proud of yourself that you're <laughs> ahead, that you figured that out. I just uh, think that that's not like, I feel like that's just a failure on high school's part because the problem yeah, is like, yeah, that's probably true. High school, honestly, it's really only thing you should be gaining from high school is study habits and general concepts and topic matters to help you choose what you might want to go in. If you're even thinking about um, college or any postgraduate type of yeah. thing. It's just, the problem is in high school, 
there's so much focuses on like you have to do you have to be successful you have to be this and you're essentially trying to be your perfect self when you're in ninth grade and that just sounds ridiculous because it's like by maybe 12th grade i can see like you should start maybe improving as a person or trying to go forward towards something right but you're at 18 most people's like at 18 i didn't know how to do most things that are expected of me right now and well that's true but then don't okay so but put that same scenario in college like like freshman year mm-hmm. maybe you're tra- so you're you're finally 18 yeah. so you're an adult so everybody says you're grown and you should know whatever it is that you're supposed to know so and then and now you have these four years so what's that put you at like i don't know 24 23 24 how old are you when you graduate 22 22 i meant 22 <laughs> so um 22 and so now maybe you are like now like through that whole four year experience maybe you figured it out and now you're supposed to know the things that you're supposed to know like all the way to like forty uh, five like maybe it doesn't change like because then you let's just I mean like in not now because careers change all the time but let's just assume okay so you're twenty two and you get the job and you've worked that job for. In olden days, it's so sad for thirty years. Thirty years, and you get yeah, because that's what it is. That's you get the retirement pension. Let's just say it was the same job, or at least in the same field. So yeah. maybe not the same company, but you're in the same field. You're still relying off of what we told you the last day when you were twenty-two. Like it's not you what new what new thing did you do? Well, I would say like in terms of maturity for some people or a lot of people, like you can talk to people, they see a big difference between 18, 22, 22, 27, 27, and then when you're in your late 30s or mid 30s. Because Yeah, maybe. I mean. <laughs> I'm in my mid 30s now and I'm thinking. Well, the voice in your head never changes. That's the lie that people say. The voice in your head stays the same, right? Oh, you think so? I think so. Oh, Joe. We Sorry might have to have a whole nother conversation. <laughs> the voice in your head stays the same? I'm no, like, you're not listening to your eighth grade voice right now. Okay, my eighth grade, when I'm saying the voice in your head stays the same, first of all, I don't mean like, uh, uh, there's definitely like a difference is like when you're, you're maturing, of course. You mean like you, you mean like your essence. Like exactly. Like you are truly inside. Okay, I got it. All right. That's yeah, maybe probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like. like it's, okay. All right, probably. Stays the same? Probably. I know this is a bad example, but it's like one thing was like, once a snitch, always a snitch. Because if you have that mentality, wait, 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 hear me out. If you have that mentality, <laughs> right? Worst example. I know, but the thing is, I don't know. I said I used it, but like, if you have a certain mentality and there's no reason for you to lose it, there's nothing or anything which challenges it, or you've always been challenged, so that's why you feel that it's stronger than everybody else's opinions. Why would you have? There's no incentive for you to change it. But the, I, I get what you're saying. Like, but I. I'm going to say it differently. So, like, I tell people I've been old since I was five years old. Like, I've always been, like, the old soul kind of girl, like mm-hmm. a grandma kind of chick. Like, I just want to sit on the porch and read a book and not be bothered. Like, since I was five. Like, and it was hard because my mom's thinking, like, you're a girl. You need friends. You need to run around. And I'm like, no, nah, I got this. Like, I need about a couple more books and a trip to the library. Like, you don't have to bother me. Yeah. That kind of thing, right? So that person I've been... That that is my essence, that essence person. But different things have happened to me that I've learned that and that's helped my voice change. Like you see, you see what I mean? Like so so the old the old soul in me like is still in there, but but the voice 
has changed. There's, because cause even the old old soul, like when I was 18, was mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's 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 break curfew and do something, or not 18, so 17, right? But still, but by like at, even at 17, at 2 a.m., I was in. We go home. Party's over, cause ain't nothing else happening, yeah. and I'm tired. Like you know what I mean? I'm that person where my there are other friends in my life who are like, no, we can still turn it up. We can still turn up. Like it's too. Like I'm not fit to watch the sun come up. I'm fit to be in bed. Like you see yeah. what I mean? But now at my age now, which we're not gonna say on the microphone, it ain't even. It ain't two a.m. We we don't know what that looks like. We're not doing that. <laughs> Like, we in bed by nine. Like, so that's what I mean. Like, still the old soul is there, but, like, the other things that we've learned, like, Keisha, the whole body ain't ain't up at 2 a.m. Like, my eyelids are like, girl, you tripping. You, we sleep right now. It's 9 o'clock. We close our eyes. We going to bed. We not doing that. So that's what I mean. The essence person, like, I'm still old, but things, I've still learned things. Like, staying up till 2 a.m., like, I learned that lesson. Ain't nothing productive going on. So you need to take yourself home. Yeah. So I think, like, that's what I mean. Like, not like snitching. That's what I'm saying. So if you want to snitch, always a snitch. You can learn not to be a snitch. I mean. Keep your mouth shut. You don't want to. Right. There might be another outlet. You got a good journal, but you don't go tell 55 other people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I think that all kind of piles into like you have your essence, who you are. There's your personality. Mm-hmm. There's maturity. There's other things that come together to kind of make your voice more um, prominent, or I think to make you trust that voice more. Yeah, I think that's more where it comes from. But you don't always have to be a snitch. I mean, I'm just saying. I think yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like yeah, that's like it's a generalization, but. I guess the, the thing is what I'm saying, your voice doesn't change. But, like, maybe, like, when I was a kid, like, I was a bad kid. Like, you can ask my parents. Like, I got whooped every other day up until I was, like, eight. And the only thing was happening to me is, like, when I was nine, I just had, like, an epiphany. I was just like, why am I getting whooped for doing dumb Don't stuff? Geez. We love those nine-year-old epiphanies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a lot when I was nine. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean. But I mean, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, your essence wasn't bad right like maybe your essence as a kid is like you were a little bit more mischievous or you were more curious and to the fall of this has led me all the way down the road so now i'm in trouble with my parents i'm about to get my butt whooped so so through that so really what nine was was growth it was like wait a minute like now i understand the consequence of traveling down this road could end in a butt whooping or i could stop right here and save myself and my behind and get it together. That's that's growth. Right, that's really what that is. But your essence is still in there. You're still a curious person, right? Because you're, what, a stats major? Yeah. Yeah, and that's all about curiosity and the probability of what might happen, right? Mm-hmm. Highs and lows. On. So you're still in there. You're just not, no one's going to, I mean, you'll get a butt whooping if you lose all your money in the stock market. But I mean, yeah, I feel like I'll be hurting myself more than anybody else hurts me. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole, and that's all your parents were trying to say to you is at some point we're not going to be big enough to spank you anymore but life Uh. life will (laughs) you might want to get this together yeah just saying so that's all but i think still you know you're one of my favorite students because i think that you are 
one of the most mature freshmen, I think, that I've probably ever met. And you have just your openness to concepts and ideas is just pretty, I'll say astounding. Yeah, I'll say astounding. I can't think of any other freshmen that I think are too astounding. So yes, and I want you to definitely come back so we can talk more about 89 million other things and the stock market and my finances because I'm gonna need, I feel like the other reason why I'm really happy that I know you is because like, you have a good feeling about you. Like I feel like if you get rich, I might be able to get rich, which is a good quality to have. You should probably run for president. I <laughs> just saying. Run for president. Yes, that could be a good. I think. I mean, again, we'll have a whole bunch more conversations because I think that's. I mean, I've told you that before. I think politics is really just. It's just a race for prom king, yeah. like on a bigger scale. And I think that's really what it is. It's people look at you and say, like, wait a minute. If he got rich and he understands this, like maybe. I might be able to ride those coattails to like a better tax return. That's really all people are voting for. I mean, right. I'm just saying. But anyways, so yes, so we'll end. So Travis can go to class, and so Travis mm-hmm. is my producer, and I don't have class until ten, but okay. Well, <laughs> we gotta make sure like we get it all right yeah. and stuff, and but I still want to have you come back and talk about more other fun, interesting stuff. Because okay. now, because we only got to like Virginia. Like, where else have you lived? Well, like, I mainly lived, like I said, in Ohio and Virginia. But, like, I've traveled around to, like, other places and met a lot of, like, cool people, I would say. What do you mean, like, you traveled around, though? Like, you didn't miss school. So would you, like, spend your summers other places? Yeah. It would be mainly, like, winter break and summer break. I was never usually, like, at home. We usually, like, went to other places. Like, with your whole family? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness, Joe. Like, where? I remember, like, let's see. I know, like, there's stuff that's happened, like, when I was really young. Um, like, we went to Texas. I know that's one my dad loves talking about. We went to, like, Carolina. We've been to, like, Pennsylvania and, like, all these other places. And it's just more... Like, for the whole summer, you would be in Pennsylvania? Not for the whole summer. It would okay. be, like, visiting. Oh, right? okay, okay. And, like, since it was usually through, like, churches and stuff like that, we'd usually be staying with, like, let's say, someone else of faith or something like that. And so you got to, like... But you stayed in their house, so you got to, like, meet them and talk to them and learn about how they live and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I think it's really cool. I mean, the cool thing about, like, I would say any religion or any form is, like, you can meet a lot of people, even if they don't, like, let's say believe in what you believe in. Yeah. Like, I met, like, these Mennonites and stuff like that. And yeah. Even though their, just, like, style of life is different, it was just... I love... I am from a place where there's a lot of Mennonites, and I love them. <laughs> they're just cute. Yeah. But... I mean, and they're kind. They're very kind. I mean, like, everybody should be kind, but they're very kind people. But, yeah, no, so, yes, like, we're going to, we might have to do, like, a weekly Joe, like, Joe in the morning. Like, weekly Joe in the morning, because we got, like, that is my favorite show. I do like morning Joe. But, um, (laughs) because I feel like you still have a whole bunch of other stuff to uncover. Okay. All right? Be more than happy to do that. Yay, Joe. And then, yes, and come to the King Library first. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, but it's it's good. All right, are we good, Travis? I think so. Yeah.